Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Hi guys, good morning. Welcome to this next iced coffee date. It is a traditional iced coffee date in the sense that I'm gonna yammer on in my kitchen, but very excited for this episode because I have titled this one, the overtraining episode. <laughs> just because I feel like I've been like dancing around this topic a little bit, but maybe it's just because I feel like I've covered this topic, but you know, like a year, two years later, I think I do have like a very different perspective on it. And I've done some really good work in therapy. <laughs> So I just think my perspective on things and like understanding like why I might have been overtraining or why I might have been overworking myself um, relates back to, you know, self-worth and childhood stuff and all that. So it's just been, it's been interesting. And then also, you know, if you are new to following me, you might not have heard me yammer on about overtraining, uh, but this is something I have personally fallen into many times, which I'll, I'll go into detail a little bit more, but then also I just feel like now that I have fallen into this trap and I have come out on the other side, I just feel like I need to share this information with women because I think it's so easy to fall into this overtraining trap. It's so easy to ignore the symptoms and Lord, I ignored the symptoms for so, so long. This is kind of what I'm talking about with like perspective. Like I kind of like start my overtraining journey or like when I started telling the story about where I, like I really had bad symptoms was that orange theory. But like if you look back, you know, five years before that, 10 years before that, 20 years before that, this has been kind of a long time coming. And when I think about like my UC issues and not healing from that, it's like no wonder you didn't heal. You were stressing out your body so bad and just ignoring all the symptoms that went along with it. So I just, I don't know. I just feel like so many women have come to us they're having trouble losing weight. They're like making themselves crazy, like trying to change their body composition composition, and they're not getting good results. And they're like, I'm not losing fat. I'm not gaining muscle. Those things go hand in hand when the body is stressed out. You are not easily going to lose fat or gain muscle if the body is super duper stressed. So it kind of makes sense when people are struggling there. Or in my case, when it got really bad, I was gaining weight. I was like, what the heck is going on? Like I'm doing so much exercise and I'm just gaining more and more weight. And like, I've talked about this before, like I didn't recognize my body. I was like, what is going on? Like, why is that there? Why do my arms look like this? It was like, it was crazy. It just got to that point. But anyways, this is the overtraining episode. Um, there is another couple episodes on the podcast and on my blog, you could definitely find more information. So feel free to do a little digging there, but um, I'm gonna, you know, take a different take on it this morning um, and really um, dig into some of the symptoms. And of course, if any of them resonate with you, it could be uh, a good indicator that maybe you're doing a little too much because you guys know it's programmed into our brain, like more is better. I mean, coming from like the CrossFit world and the marathon world, where like running more miles is better. And I remember back in the day, like 
you know, seeing these women run 50 mile weeks and feeling like I was a failure because I was only doing 20, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So this idea of more is better is like really ingrained into our brains. Um, and when you can wrap your mind around doing less and having your body be in a much healthier space, um, as far as cortisol levels and injuries and recovery and rest and all that, um, it, I just feel like it puts you in a much better place um, health-wise. So anyway, so let's start kind of at the beginning. So like I said, like I think this got really obvious for me as far as overtraining when I did Orange Theory. And again, I am not an Orange Theory hater. I love those workouts. They are a lot of fun. I love the people at the Orange Theory that we went to. Great coaches. It was a lot of fun. But it was too much for me at that time in my life. And I think it was too much for me being kind of that like type A personality, always pushing myself harder. Um, and I, it was hard for me to go into a workout and not give 100%. So um, Cliff Notes, you guys have probably heard the story a million times, but um, I was uh, writing a book, <laughs> I was writing a cookbook. Um, I think I had like 28 one-on-one clients, which is a lot for one person. Um, I was doing the FDN training, so I was becoming certified in that, which was very involved as far as learning how to read tests and do case studies and practicals. And there was just a lot going on there. And then Orange Theory moved to our town. Um, and you know, I had been doing CrossFit for like a million years and I just wanted like a change. And the Orange Theory was six minutes from our house. So it was just like perfect in all senses. Um, and there was another Orange Theory a little further away from from us but I had done orange theory before I really liked it and I really thought this was gonna be like the thing for me you know it was gonna be the change and I was like really excited about it and I started just going like a couple days a week because I was still doing CrossFit and obviously I love CrossFit still doing CrossFit you know ten years later um, We'll talk about CrossFit in a second too, because people are always like, isn't it so intense? And yes, CrossFit can be intense, but I will talk about that in a second. Um, but you know, I started doing Orange Theory twice a week, and then it was three times a week, then it was four times a week. I'm sure I went five times a week at some point, but I just loved it, it was so fun. And that's the thing about those type of workouts that you, get your adrenaline and your cortisol up to a place that you can do these hard things for you know a period of time and then afterwards is when i would feel almost like a crash so initially i was just like oh i'm just tired from these workouts they're a lot more intense than what i was doing at crossfit there's more running you know i'm moving for a whole hour straight it's just because the workouts are harder but i would come home on like a tuesday and feel like i needed to take a nap and like obviously i had work to do i had stuff to do it's not like i could just easily take a nap but if I did like a Saturday workout or something like that, I would come home and take a nap. I was literally exhausted um, after these workouts. And I mean, maybe it wouldn't be like right away, but like by the afternoon, I was like crashing. I had like no energy. Um, the other thing was waking up in the middle of the night hungry. Um, and that's nothing, I had experienced that when I was training for um, a marathon, but this is what I'm saying. Like hindsight's 2020. Like the stuff I did to my body was crazy, but I was training for a marathon. I was still breastfeeding um, and waking up in the middle of the night. So in my head, I was just kind of like, I'm doing too much. I need more calories. So back then, again, I ignored the symptoms, but during these orange theory days, wasn't breastfeeding. <laughs> Like, I didn't need like, you know, a ton more calories, um, but I was waking up in the middle of the night and that's because my blood sugar was getting so low. Um, and when you are super duper stressed and you kind of have these highs and lows, um, you do feel more hungry, you have more cravings. Um, and I did kind of feel like a little bit out of control with my cravings, like I always felt hungry. Like I could eat a meal and like 20 minutes later be like, I could eat again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was constantly craving carbs. I wanted sugar. Like I was eating like a lot of cereal and like 
cookies and chocolate and like stuff like that. I just like couldn't get a hold of my hunger. Hunger. I was just always hungry. And even when I ate like enough protein and I was getting enough fat and like enough vegetables, I was still hungry. But waking up in the middle of the night was what was kind of like the nail in the coffin. I was like, this is not normal. This doesn't normally happen to me. It was wrecking my sleep, obviously, because I couldn't get back to sleep. And the only way I could get back to sleep is if I ate something and got my blood sugar back up. Obviously, very calming on the body <laughs> to eat something when your blood sugar is low. Um, I started, like I said, I wasn't, I didn't recognize my body. I was getting like cellulite on the front of my legs. Like my arms were kind of looking different. Like I usually, you know, had like, um, definition in my arms and I was losing that. Um, I gained belly fat really quickly and that was kind of another like, what is going on here? All this orange theory is like not benefiting me. Um, I also did an in-body scan because there was a challenge at orange theory and compared to my previous one, I had gained fat and lost muscle. So then I was kind of like, all right, this isn't working either. Like what is going on here? Um, and then around that same time, I started tracking HRV, which I'm gonna talk about in a little bit, which has been really, really helpful for me. I still use it today. I do feel like it keeps me honest as far as my overtraining goes, but um, HRV is heart rate variability. Um, and in a nutshell, um, it can give you insight into how your body is recovering from workouts. Um, that's kind of where it started with like marathon runners, endurance training, um, you know, triathlon athletes and things like that. And it's kind of made its ways to regular people, but it's, you know, Whoop, um, Aura Ring, they use that technology, but it gives you um, data as far as like, is your body recovering from exercise, but also is your body handling stress okay? So sleep, alcohol will also kill your HRV. So I see that every time I have a drink, it just kills my HRV. Um, stress in general, um, your age a little bit, but like the big ones for me have been like exercise, alcohol, sleep are those the three and stress in general. Um, but I would take an orange theory class, my HRV would be okay. And then I would take the class and it would just plummet. And like, you could see the pattern every single class. It would be like, take a class, plummet, take a class, take a class plummet and like I would recover a little bit and I'd have a day off here and there and it would come back but it was just it was so obvious that these workouts were just too much for my body and again not shitting on orange theory I really like those workouts it was just too much for my body and like honestly at this point in my life I would love to go back to orange theory but I feel like they would hate me <laughs> So I probably can't go back. Um, and then also the other interesting thing is so many women have messaged me, emailed me, contacted me to tell me that, you know, me talking about my orange, orange theory experience, experience has resonated with them and it made them realize that they were overtraining too. So even though like I have kind of these like, Ooh, I don't know, I like, I don't, I feel a little bit bad about talking about orange theory. I do think it's benefited a lot of women. Um, and we've gotten clients from this. I mean, there are people like at the orange theory in Hanover that like are our clients right now. So even though like I felt kind of funny, like I, Again, like it comes off as me like hating Orange Theory, but it's not. I mean, like I said, those workouts are so fun. I mean, Mal and I would do them together. I mean, Mal did it for a long time. Um, he doesn't do it anymore. He just works out in our basement now. Now we have a Peloton and all that. Um, but I, I just, it was too much for my body at that time with everything that was going on. And I needed a good two plus years to recover from that. Um, and it wasn't just that, that's what I'm saying. Like I have been overtraining for a long, long time. 
And so let me talk about my history. So I always start the story with Orange Theory, but it's just because it was so obvious. Like I could not ignore this stuff anymore. Like my health was really suffering. Like even my period was starting to get short. It was like 22 days, 24 days. Like I typically have a very normal 28 day cycle, like basic B, um, but it was getting shorter and shorter. And I think that was because of all the stress and the low progesterone and all that. So it, it was just a time in my life I couldn't ignore the symptoms. So, but backtracking even before that, CrossFit days, <laughs> <laughs> like when we first started CrossFit, we were going six days a week. I mean, I would, I went six days a week for like months and months and months. And I would push myself to the max. Like I would literally redline. Like I would like get like spots in front of my eyes. I would feel lightheaded. Like my muscles would kill. I would push myself to the limit a lot in CrossFit. Um, and before that marathon training, like Think about what marathon training is. It's running so many miles, so many miles. Um, and I was getting injured all the time. Um, I was having, um, I was waking up in the middle of the night during Orange, or Orange Theory, during marathon training because I thought in my head I wasn't eating enough, but I think I was just screwing up my blood sugar and my cortisol levels so bad that I was waking up. Um, I was also getting super sick during marathon trainings. I feel like I always had like a little cold or some sort of sickness. Um, and that's because it does um, lower your immune system when you're doing that much training. So um, it just, it's crazy. And even like little things like I was on prednisone for, I want to say like nine or 10 months trying to like manage my symptoms and like kind of ignoring my UC symptoms. But I was training for marathons and half marathons that whole time. Oh, I just like can't believe the stuff that I did to my body. And I mean, I remember one month I did like three half marathons, three weekends in a row and got injured. It was like stuff like that on prednisone. Like, of course you were going to get injured. Of course your body was going to be struggling. So like it's, it's been a long time coming. Like this isn't just from Orange Theory. This is like many, many years of overtraining. And that's the thing, like I love fitness. I think it's a lot of fun. It makes me feel good. Um, but digging into some of the like mental part of it and how it makes me feel like self-worth wise and everything has been really insightful. And now I don't feel like I need to do all that training. And I, I have more to talk about as far as this goes. Um, and there have been times too, where I like took a break from training, which is funny to like talk about now because I remember laying off CrossFit for, it was probably like, three weeks. It really wasn't that long of a time thinking in three weeks or a month, you know, I would overcome, um, overtraining and I would like recover from it. No, it is taking me years. I mean, it's been like two plus years, um, since I really stopped beating up my body. And there's even some times in there where I kind of question if I was doing too, too much. And I'll talk about that too, but it's taken years. It's taken years to recover from this. And if you think about it, if you are questioning if you've been overtraining, you've been probably doing it for a really long time. It's not like something that just suddenly happened. Um, so like to think that you can recover from this in like a few months, um, just to be honest with you, I think it takes a long, long time. And like now I'm at the point where I do feel better in workouts. I don't crash in the afternoon. I don't need a nap. I feel like I want to lift heavy things. I feel like I want to go for a run. I want to do a hard workout. And there was so much time in there where I didn't want to do any of that. And it just felt awful to me. Um, I'll talk about that too. Sorry. I actually have notes here to keep me on track because I do get on like little tangents. Um, but let me just talk about the symptoms in general of um, overtraining. So um, if you listen to my pre, it was like probably like four or five episodes ago, maybe even more at this point about low cortisol, I think that one's really helpful because what happens with overtraining is that 
you are pushing your cortisol levels um, to their max. So the cortisol, our cortisol is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it really is our, you know, stress response. It's technically, you know, it can be anti-inflammatory. You know, if you get like a cortisone shot in your shoulder, will bring down inflammation, you know. Cortisol is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it helps us get through stressful times in our life, but it needs to go back to this like homeostasis um, where the body is relaxed and recovering and all that. But, you know, living our lives, we've been in a pandemic, you know, a lot of us are moms, we're working full time, we have little kids, um, we're trying to do all the things, track our macros, do the meal prep, do all the things, you know, drive kids to sports, you guys know all the things. So we're kind of like always a little bit stressed out, um, like just like this chronic, like low level stress. And then you add in like high intensity exercise and exercise and it just continues to bring up that cortisol. So your cortisol levels are just like constantly raised. But high cortisol becomes low cortisol. And that's what I experienced. Like your body just gets to a point where it's like, I can't keep pushing out all this cortisol. Like I'm getting exhausted. Like this idea of adrenal fatigue or adrenal exhaustion. Um, it's, you know, kind of what it is. It's really HPA access issues, but um, high cortisol becomes low cortisol. And when you have low cortisol, like you just don't have that like get up and go, like you feel a hundred times worse. Like for me, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. Like I was that person that, you know, would, you know, be like, all right, we gotta get up, but I would just get up and go. And having a healthy cortisol awakening response is a good sign of health that you just get up and go. And most of your cortisol is produced in the morning. So if you're dragging your butt out of bed every single day, it could be an indication that you are struggling maybe with low cortisol and maybe you're doing too much. But I remember that just feeling like death. Like I could not get out of bed. I would just lay there forever. And when I actually got up, I would feel like nauseous. Um, and that's the thing, high cortisol becomes low cortisol. And when you have hit that low cortisol world, everything <laughs> everything's harder that's where like the blood sugar issues happen like that's where i gained like a bunch of weight um but i ignored those symptoms for so long and i ignored the dutch tests that i was running for so long so i saw high cortisol on a bunch of those dutch tests and you know my practitioners would keep telling me you know high cortisol becomes low cortisol like you know you don't want to keep pushing this and of course you know a few dutch tests later i saw the low cortisol and felt like death so um go back to that episode if you are um, interested or if any of that resonates with you but symptoms um are low cortisol so check out that episode insomnia sleep issues in general um fatigue headaches that was another one too um weight gain especially around the midsection moodiness or irritability have that for sure changes in menstrual cycle like i said like my cycle was getting shorter um sometimes you see women who just like skip their cycles altogether. um that can definitely happen if you don't have enough progesterone which is related to stress i see that a lot with overtraining um hair loss have that numbness or tingling in the hands and feet definitely have that <laughs> like i literally had all these um, in, increase in perceived difficulty of workout. So like something that you thought wasn't that hard seems 10 times harder. So I think about back in my marathon training days, like going out for a 10 mile run was like no big deal. I'm like, I'm just gonna go run 10 miles, see you in a little bit. And then running like three miles was like exhausting for me or like doing a workout in CrossFit with like a 35 pound dumbbell just like crushed my soul when that was kind of the norm. Um, so workouts just seemed so much harder or I'd get fatigued a lot easier. Um, and like I said, with, with uh, Orange Theory, like once I got on the treadmill and started moving, I felt a lot better, but it was like after the workout where I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. And that's the thing, you get your adrenaline up, you get your cortisol up, you feel good for that time, but then everything crashes. 
um, reduce motivation. Again, I wasn't like super pumped about working out, but it was just in my head. You need to go work out. You need to go work out or you're going to gain weight. You need to work out or you're going to lose your product progress. So I would just make myself go to these workouts again and again. It was just part of the routine. Uh, repeated injury, body aches and pains. Again, I would have hip issues, knee issues. Like I was always injured during marathon training and all that long distance running and throw the prednisone on it. No, no wonder I had all these issues. It was just so crazy. But a lot of this overtraining stuff is motivation for um, Sweat Made Simple because this is the way I've been working out for kind of a while now, like 20 minutes, you know, just get it done. Um, a little bit of strength training, a little bit of sweat, like obviously very inspired by CrossFit. Um, and I'll talk about that real quick because I get a lot of questions about that, like isn't CrossFit so intense? And the thing about CrossFit is you can make it as intense or as functional as you want. You don't have to um, go balls to the wall all the time. Obviously my personality, that's the way I was when I first started CrossFit. I think we were all kind of like that in our 20s and 30s, no kids, you know, CrossFit was our lives. But in this day and age, you know, I'm almost 42. Most of the people at our CrossFit are in their 40s and it's a very different style of working out. Like our warm up is a good 15 to 20 minutes. <laughs> like we're taking our time to warm up, to stretch, to like really get our joints and everything ready to go because you know, we're older and we don't want to get injured. Um, then there is some sort of um, strength training. I would say that's probably like another 20-ish minutes um, or a skill where we're working on pull-ups or toes to bar or something like that. Um, and then there's, you know, 20 minutes or less of the workout of the day. And I would say most of the time it's like 15 or 12 minutes or less, you know what I mean? There's some workouts that are five minutes um, and that's where the intense part of the workout comes. So even though I'm going to cross it for a whole hour, the intense part of the workout sometimes is five minutes. <laughs> So like, I know it sounds crazy, but I mean, you can get a lot done in five minutes. You can get a lot done in 10 minutes. And if it is a longer workout, um, I am not going balls to the wall. Like I am paying attention to my heart rate. I'll talk about that in a sec. Um, but I don't let myself get to that red line point um, because I know I don't need to get to that point to get good results. And also like, I don't want to go back to that place where I was overtraining and suffering with all these symptoms. Like nowadays, I literally have no symptoms. Like all these things I've talked about, like none of them. Like I sleep through the night now. It's glorious. Like last night, I didn't wake up once. I didn't even pee in the middle of the night. Slept till um, probably like 5.45 and then got up, got up and went and worked out. It was like not an issue. Um, so it's just crazy. I just don't want to go back there. It was miserable. Having low cortisol and suffering from all that and not being able to work out is terrible. Like I literally just, oh, I felt awful all the time. But anyways. So, um, some of the things that have helped me get past this overtraining, and I'm going to answer your questions too. You guys sent in some awesome questions. I'm going to get to those too, which will help a little bit more. But number one was that HRV and I use an app called training today. And if you have an Apple watch, you can put it right on the face and it will give you insight into how your body is recovering from workouts and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and sleep and all that. Um, but really like that was good data for me to be, to like second guess if I was really tired or not, or if I really wanna do a hard workout or if I should keep it a little bit more low key. Um, and it was funny cause when I first started using it, it was like always in the red or it was always in the orange and I just like wasn't recovering. But that's the thing, I was kind of in this like overtraining phase. Like my body was stressed. 
nowadays, there's certain times a month where I'll see it dip down. Day 22 of my cycle, I'll have like low HRV for like no reason other than my cycle, which is interesting. But I know that now. And like on day 22 and 23, like I'll do like more of a low key workout, which is fine. It's only like a couple days out of the month. Um, and this, this like cycle syncing stuff, if you guys are interested, I have a masterclass. I want to say it's like 19 bucks. Go buy it. It's like fascinating. There's some good resources in there and everything. I'll talk about that in a second too. But, um, I've noticed now, since I've been giving my body a break, I'll see 10 day, like I'll be on 10, which is in the blue, which is like the best you can be. I'll be in the nines a lot, I'll be in the eights a lot, um, but it's taken years for my body to get to this point. Like it, I just recover a lot better. So like um, I did a hard workout on Saturday and I don't remember what I started at, but I did see like a little plummet. That was a 30 minute workout, it was pretty hard. It was Kelly, um, that's a hard workout. Um, didn't go crazy on it, but I definitely like pushed myself a little bit and I saw the plummet. <laughs> I was like, yep, that was from Kelly. Um, and then it came back up. So I recovered a lot quicker. So it just, it just goes to show you, um, that, you know, taking care of your body, you can get to a good point. But, um, that was really helpful because it kept me honest because I would be like, well, I don't feel that bad. Maybe I should go work out, but it would be red. You know what I mean? And so I'd be like, all right, I'm going to take a rest day. And then the next day it would come up a little bit and I'd be like, all right, we're in the orange, we're recovering. Let's do something low key. And it would be like a short, like 20 minute workout or something like that. Um, so really like the HRV has been just so, so helpful. Um, the, the app is called, um, training today, and I think it's free. There might be an upgrade, but it works with, um, the Apple watch and there's a bunch out there. I probably downloaded five different ones during this time because, um, the HRV was so helpful and I was comparing <laughs> <laughs> like where's my HRV and they were all kind of consistent like same idea like if I was having a bad day all of the apps would say I was having a bad day if I was having a good day they would all say I was having a good day and they had different measurements and you know different levels but then I just figured I'd stick with one for consistency and training today I just really like and like I said you can put it right on the face of your Apple watch and it's helpful but um, that was really key for me to um, really recover from this because I ignored my symptoms for so long. Like I literally told you like all those things, I ignored all that for so long, just being like, Oh, it's just a tough workout, but not realizing it was causing so many issues. So, um, the HRV has been really helpful and I still use it today. Um, and it's really interesting cause I did have a, a drink on Friday. <laughs> said dip down a little bit but anyways um but that's really been helpful um whoop can also be helpful aura um i only use whoop for a little bit and i liked it just fine um but the only reason i didn't keep it is because i had a watch on one wrist and a whoop on the other and i was like how many trackers am i gonna have on my body um and i've been interested in getting the aura ring i just haven't like bit the bullet yet again it's like do i need more things on my body <laughs> Um, the other thing that's been really helpful recently, and I got this from one of the coaches at CrossFit who was doing more like endurance training and like, um, more like moderate pace training. I, I forget what his goal is exactly. I think he's trying to increase his endurance. I don't know. But anyways, he was saying like a good place to keep your heart rate is 180 minus your age. And for me, you know, being almost 42, you know, 180 minus 40 ish. Um, I try to keep my heart rate, um, below 140 on most workouts and truthfully, I'll let it go up into the 150s. Um, but once it gets to like 160, like I will like lay off whatever I'm doing and just take a break. So on Kelly the other day, bazillion box jumps, um, I would finish, what was it? 
finish the run, come in, and I would stand there at my box and just wait until my heart rate got down into the 150s. And that's because I don't need to push it to the limit. Like I'm breathing hard, I'm sweating, I don't want to go back to that place. So that's been really helpful just to keep an eye on my heart rate. And then also I feel stressed. I feel like it's a lot of work when I'm in the 160s. And like, honestly, I haven't really gone over the 160s in a workout in a long time. Like I do let it go into the 150s because I still feel okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm not like dying. Um, but yeah, once I hit the 160s, like I'm really like, all right, let's take it down. Let's take it down. And it only takes like 10 seconds or, you know, 20 seconds to bring your heart rate down. So I just stand there and hang out or tie my shoe or take a sip of water. Um, but the way I work out is a lot more low key. It's not a hundred percent all the time. Um, so that's been really helpful. Um, also I just shifted my focus from achieving and doing with my workout. So like checking it off my list, you know, five workouts a week, I've run X number of miles a week, you know, whatever it was, and just focused on my health, which I know sounds cheesy and like is a little hard to grasp sometimes because everybody's like, oh, I am focused on my health. But I think a lot of times we're paying attention to these fitness metrics all the time, like the 10,000 steps and, you know, doing X amount of weight at CrossFit or whatever it is. And I just stopped caring about all that. <laughs> Like I paid attention to it. It's not like I ignored it all together, but like I didn't care about the 10,000 steps and I've joked about that a million times where I'll do, like hit 9,998 steps and be like, I'm going to bed <laughs> and like just not bother. Um, but I just like stopped paying attention to all those stats and like I stopped recording my workouts. I CrossFit. I stopped, you know, putting them on the whiteboard, although we've gotten away from that totally at CrossFit. Um, but I've really just focused my attention on just being like, let's heal my body, let's get better, let's try to feel good every single day instead of doing this workout to crush myself. Um, so it really was just changing that focus has been really, really helpful. And that's, that's it now. Like I would say, oh, I'm doing this for my health or I'm doing this for my longevity or you know, so I can be functionally fit. I would say all those things, but now I actually believe it. Like I want to be able to work out until I'm 80 or 90 years old and I don't wanna have hip injuries, back injuries, knee injuries. Like I wanna be just a healthy individual and I don't do certain things at CrossFit now or with my workouts because I don't want to injure myself forever. Um, and I just know like doing too much is, is not good for my health. The other thing that was really good that I touched upon briefly was cycle syncing, um, which like I said, grab that masterclass, there's resources, there's a cheat sheet, there's like all sorts of stuff in there. Um, but that was really helpful because I went from Orange Theory to OPEX, which I loved OPEX, amazing experience there. But I think even when I started there, I was overtraining a little bit because I had gone from four or five days of Orange Theory. Um, so like going to OPEX and like doing less, I think was really hard for me. So I was going four days a week, doing full body workouts, they were heavy. It was only strength training, there was no cardio, but I do think it was still really hard on my body. And doing this for a few months, eventually I was kind of like, let's cut this down to three days. Like four days just seems like a lot. Again, I was seeing the HRV crash, but I was still like doing these hard workouts. Um, and that's kind of when the pandemic happened. So I was at home working out too. So even though like I was doing these OPEC work workouts, I was, I was still kind of pushing myself and I was seeing HRV drop and feel really tired and I was sore and like, it just, I, again, ignoring the symptoms. So eventually I went to three days and then I started to notice that I was motivated for like two-ish weeks out of the month, maybe two and a half. And then I was like not motivated for like two weeks out of the month or like 
a week and a half or so. And it was just this interesting pattern because not that OPEX is far, but it's a good like 15, 20 minute drive for me. And I would like be excited to go there. I would lift heavy. I would see progress. I was like really like all in. And then like the next two weeks towards the end of my cycle, I'd be like, I don't really want to go. I would skip my workouts. I would go lighter on the weight. I would just like go through the motions. I wasn't seeing that progress. Um, and it was just interesting. I was like, what is going on here that I'm seeing this pattern where I'm super motivated, I'm all into fitness, and then I'm not. And so so this is where I got into the cycle syncing and there was actually one week where I was doing dips like weighted dips on like these bars and I was like adding weight and I had made progress and then like the next week I was doing that exact same movement and I couldn't add the weight I actually had to take the weight off and I was like what is going on here like what is happening and so once I got into the whole cycle syncing thing and really started to pay attention to my energy levels it made working out so much better for me because at certain times of the month you have more energy like your body is more receptive to carbs like you literally have more energy like um, your period's kind of a crapshoot. Some people feel fine during their period, some people don't. Has to do with hormonal imbalance for sure. Um, but basically from, I don't know, your period through post-ovulation, like you tend to have more energy, you can lift heavier. Like these are the times where you can put on muscle and burn fat and like all the good things. And then, you know, after ovulation is where, you know, you have you tend to have less energy or less receptive to carbs. Um, it's like a lot of interesting things where if you actually like stress out your body, you can be putting on more fat during that second half of your cycle and not gaining muscle if you're doing too much. So once I heard this and it all made sense, it was just a, a pass for me to um, take more rest days, take more time off, go easier in my workouts. And it really has made me feel so much better like all around. So it's been, I don't know, cycle syncing's fascinating. So like I said, if you wanna learn more, grab that masterclass. I'm super into it, I still pay attention to it. Um, and looking for those trends as far as day 22, <laughs> like I just know, like I, I did end up going to CrossFit either day 22 or 23, but it just had like a low key workout. And it was a short workout that day and I just didn't go balls to the wall and my HRV eventually recovered and I was fine. But again, it's just listening to your body and paying attention to the trends. Um, and then just overall kind of what I'm doing, like I go to CrossFit three days a week. I have a three times a week membership that keeps me honest that I don't go any more than that. Um, and like I said, like the workouts are intense for like 15 minutes or less, like a 15 minute workout is a long workout at CrossFit. So, um, you know, very minimal, high intensity work. And then I might do one day on the Peloton. Um, but again, it's 20 minutes and it's one of those power zone rides and that's it. And then the rest of my activity is walking. I go rollerblading with Quinn. When it's nice out, we'll go for hikes, we'll go for bikes, we hit some golf balls. Um, so on my rest days, you know, I'm not doing any like planned activity, but I still might just try to be active. But again, it's just keeping my heart rate as low as possible and just try not to get it up too, too high. Um, and though, even though I'm like recovered, I do think I'm still recovering because there are definitely days where I don't want to lift heavy or I'm not motivated. Um, and I do pay attention to the cycle syncing. I sometimes I do think that goes hand in hand. Um, but really, I think it's just like listening to your body and knowing what your body can handle. Okay, so let me answer your questions. You guys asked some really good questions. And I actually sat down and really like dug into these because like I said, therapy has been really good for this overtraining, overworking, <laughs> doing all the things. I'm an Enneagram three forever and ever. 
Okay, so the first one, uh, the first question was how to get past I'm going to gain weight. So that idea of I'm going to gain weight. I was there too. I was like, if I do less, I'm going to gain weight. Um, and I don't think that is the case at all because I really do think when I was running a ton at Orange Theory, like overtraining, marathon training, whatever it was, I was always hungry. Like I could not control my hunger. Like I literally could eat all day long. Like I just felt like I was never fully satisfied. When you start to do less activity, you're not as hungry that way. Like obviously I'm hungry, I'm still eating, but like I don't feel out of control. I don't feel like I need to eat half a box of cereal in a, si a sitting. Like I can have a bowl of cereal or I don't feel like I need 8 million snacks throughout the day. I can just eat normal meals. <laughs> It's been like really nice to be like, oh, my blood sugar's balanced. I'm not hungry all the time. Um, so I think that really works for you, just doing less. Um, and then also just like trusting your body that it knows what to do, that you're not just going to gain all this weight over time. And then if you're somebody that feels like that they need to do all this cardio to maintain your weight, that's something to look at too. Because I mean like, how long are you going to be pushing your body? Are you going to be doing like hours of cardio until you're like, 75 years old like I don't know I don't want to go into retirement like spending hours and hours you know on the treadmill or running or anything like that I want to like live my life and I don't know go to Cape Cod and I don't know chill <laughs> I these plans to retire on Cape Cod um uh sorry I got a little distracted there I don't know what I was talking about <laughs> Um, but I really did end up making better choices with my diet and I did not see the scale go up. Um, and then this is kind of where like some of the soul searching and self reflection came in as far as, um, the therapy work and everything. Like for me, I'm the, you know, high achieving type, type A personality. Um, I need to like check things off my list to feel good about myself, to feel accomplished, um, to get things done, you know, my to-do list, I'm always checking things off my to-do list. So fitness kind of fit in there too, you know, like training for a marathon, like checking off all the days, adding up all the miles, um, getting my 10,000 steps in, you know, whatever it is. But um, like why, like, are you that same type of person? Is it something about like checking things off your list? And if you're somebody that's like really obsessed with the scale and the number on the scale, like asking yourself why? I mean, does this come back to self-worth and how you feel about yourself? Does it have to do with your confidence? Um, and really, I think when you dig into that, like the scale says nothing about you as a person. And really it says nothing about you and your body composition. It's telling you how much your body weighs. And I've talked about this, you know, in depth with my UC issues, you know, losing weight on the scale because my body is extremely malnourished. I'm going to the bathroom a million times and I'm seeing like the 120s on the scale. Like that doesn't feel good. It's because I am so freaking sick and my hair is falling out and I'm so like malnourished and I have bruises on my body and it's awful, it's awful. So like seeing like a lower number on the scale is not necessarily a good thing and seeing higher number on the scale isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, for me, it was like, all right, we're, we're absorbing food, like we're putting on muscle, we're not dying. Um, so really like figuring out like, why are you so obsessed with that number on the scale? So it can definitely take some soul searching. Um, but then also, you know, education about the scale, like what is it actually telling you? It's telling you like how much your body weighs. It doesn't tell you how much muscle is on your body. It doesn't tell you how much body fat's on your body. It doesn't tell you how much inflammation is in your body. It doesn't tell you how much water weight you are holding, you know, um, 
you know, during ovulation or before your period, or if you had a hard workout. Um, if you have a hard workout and you're sore, your muscles are literally inflamed, um, and that's going to make the scale go up. So really, it's just you know education about what that number says. Um, and again, you know, does that does you gaining weight um, make you feel bad about yourself? Does it? you know, affect how other people see you? Do you think other people are gonna see you a different way if you gain weight? Um, how do you see yourself if that number goes up? You know, like really digging into that. Um, and again, is it like, do you val do you place so much value in how you look? And this is not like a good or bad thing, um, but really like digging into what that means to you. And that was really important for me because I put a ton of value in my work, how much I'm achieving, how much money I'm making in my business, how many clients we have, how many likes I have. Like a lot of that um, goes hand in hand. And then again, you know, how does my body look? I mean, I built this business on being somebody who was fit and healthy and in shape. Um, and then of course, when my health fell apart and I gained all this weight, um, I had to really dig in and figure out like what all this meant to me. So um, if you're somebody that's kind of in this boat right now, I would say, Therapy can be your best friend, but like really digging into what it all means. And nowadays it doesn't mean as much to me. I mean, obviously this is not something that's gonna change overnight. It's been, you know, decades of my life thinking a certain way, but I've come a long way as far as like how I feel about the scale, how I feel about my body, how I feel about my work and achieving things and likes and, you know, likes on Facebook and views and all that. Um, it's still there, but like, I just have a very, very different perspective. That was a long answer. Uh, next question is, what was the final straw as far as overtraining goes? And it was really the symptoms. Like I could not ignore those symptoms anymore. My body was like, nope, you cannot keep doing this. And I was miserable. Like I... <laughs> I like joke about this, but like Matt, I'd be like washing the dishes at the sink and Mal would walk behind me just to get something out of the fridge. And I would just be annoyed at his presence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you exist, I'm mad. But it was like things like that. And I was snapping at the dog. Um, so obviously there was some sort of like hormonal imbalance, but I was like stressed. My body was like so, so stressed. Um, but it just, I could not ignore those symptoms anymore. And this is why I'm so passionate about this and why I talk about it. And like, don't let yourself get to this point. Don't get you let yourself get to this point where like you are so miserable and unhappy and your body is literally breaking down. Like just don't let yourself get there. Just lay off the exercise. You will be okay. Um, how do you know the difference between unmotivated and your body telling you no? Great question. So this I still kind of like struggle with a little bit because like I have my HRV. <laughs> And there's the days where I like, I feel fine, but my HRV is really low. And then I'm like questioning it. But then the opposite where like my HRV is like a nine and I'm like, I don't really feel like working out today. So it really like, it takes a little time and energy, but I do think, um, being unmotivated and your body telling you no kind of goes hand in hand. So I would remember that at the end of the day, like, again, you know, this is a rant, like a watch and like the HRV app could be really helpful data, but at the same time, like listening to your body, I think is most important. So if your HRV seems okay, but you're like, oh, I feel kind of tired, it's okay not to work out, you know? Maybe like your HRV seems okay, but like your body is actually tired or vice versa. I think it's like hard to know for sure, but like listening to your body, I think that's the ultimate as far as like giving you data. 
But for me, this is the way I decide. So I'll think about whatever the hard workout is and I'll ask myself, I'm like, does this sound fun? Like, do I wanna do this? Is this gonna be cool? Cause like sometimes you do a hard workout and it's fun. Like, at least for me, I'm like, you know, doing box jumps or kettlebell swings and I'm like, this is fun. Like working out, music, friends, like all that. And then sometimes like thinking about that, I'm like, oh, that sounds awful. Like putting like a heavy barbell on your back and doing squats and just being like, this feels awful or like lifting something heavy just the idea of it just does not feel good it just feels like icky so like also asking yourself is this gonna be fun do I want to lift hard things or lift heavy things do I want to do hard things and like just seeing where your answers are um, I think that has been really helpful for me because there are some days that I'm just like nope I don't want to lift heavy things today and maybe I do a body weight workout or I go for a walk or I go rollerblading with Quinn I like don't make it a big thing you know I just decide to do something different um, and then also looking at what else is stressing you out in your body or in your daily life so is work really hard did you not sleep um, have you been fighting with your husband <laughs> like whatever it is are your kids driving you crazy but looking kind of at the big picture because if there are all these other stressors um, that's going to weigh in on your motivation and if you want to work out so um, it could also be just making you tired so I would consider those things too and I mean honestly like there's been weeks where I do one workout or two workouts and I'm okay with that. Cause you know what? That week was hard and it was stressful and I needed time off. Um, next question, how to cut back when you love fitness? <laughs> I know guys, I know it's hard. It's really, really hard. And it took me years. It took me years to figure it out. So it's not easy. Um, again, the data has been really, really helpful. The HRV has been really, really good. Um, the Dutch was really helpful at times when I finally saw that low cortisol. I was like, I have done it. The high cortisol has become low. That was kind of, you know, the nail in the coffin as far as like, all right, it's time to cut back. Um, education in general, I mean, just learning more about what stress does your does to your body, what overtraining does to your body. Um, obviously, you know, body composition wise, um, like it's harder to burn fat, it's harder to build muscle um, when your body is super duper stressed. So even learning that was a big motivation. Like my body composition is changing negatively because my body is so stressed out. Let's try something different and <laughs> let's see if the body changes for the better if I don't do so much. So that was kind of a key piece. Um, and then yeah, like seeing those symptoms go away, that was like another key piece where I was like, all right, I'm sleeping, I'm not hungry all the time, um, the belly fat's going away, I can see definition in my arms again, you know what I mean? So like those things, like just doing something different uh, and trusting my body, um, that was a big thing too. But really like I can't explain, like the HRV was like so important and then the cycle syncing was another big piece for me. Again, it's a mix, data and education. Um, next question is how to talk to trainers who tell you to push harder. And I sometimes like have this happen in CrossFit, you know, like it's not, not too bad, but sometimes they're like, Oh, you know, you're going, you know, what are you doing today for weight? Or, you know, comparing to like other people, what are they doing for weight? And really like, I just smile and I just kind of laugh it off. Like it's not their journey, you know, like it's your journey, you know, what's best for you. Um, and I'm always like, ah, oh, today is not the day or, you know, I had a late night. Like I just make up like some dumb excuse and like honestly the coaches at CrossFit don't care they like 
they get it. They don't care. They just want us to be there and move and be happy. Like they don't, they don't care how much weight you're doing. And really like if anybody's giving you a hard time, like just remember, like you know your body better than anybody else. You are the expert. That random trainer is just, you know, doing their job. You know, like they don't know what you're going through. They don't know about your journey. Um, so just remember that. And this is like the big thing, like just being advocate for your health. I mean, obviously in the gym, but I mean, just in general, like if, Doctors aren't listening to you, you can fire them. If you need a second opinion, get a second opinion. Like just being an advocate for yourself and just don't take somebody's, you know, suggestion blindly and add more to your weight or go harder at your workout just because they told you to. Um, so I guess, you know, just, you know, being an advocate for yourself and just trusting your body that you know what's best for you. But I just like laugh it off. I'm like, eh, today is not the day. Like I don't even know what I say. <laughs> I don't make it a big deal. I do what I want. All right, how did you know you were on the right track with recovery? So, great question. One was the symptoms started to go away. Like I said, I started to feel better, but I think the big one was I had more energy and like that was key because I just felt like I was dragging ass all the time. Like getting out of the more getting out of bed in the morning was like an issue. Like getting going was an issue. Like even putting on my gym clothes. I was just like oh, I feel like get put on gym clothes and a sports bra. Like it was just exhausting. Um, but yeah, the symptoms went away, um, going to bed and not needing a snack before bed. That was another key thing. I could just eat dinner, go to bed, sleep through the night. That was another big one. Cause before it was, I was waking up during the middle of the night, you know, hungry. Like obviously that started to get better, but I started to need a snack before better to get me through the night. Um, so stopping that was good. My period got longer again. That was great. Um, body composition changes like the cellulite on the front of my legs went away, which was great. Still have it on the back. That's, that, that is what it is. Um, I wanted to lift heavy weights. I wanted to do hard workouts. I wanted to push myself because there was a big long phase in there where I was like, I just don't want to do any of this stuff. Like I was doing it because mentally I was like, you need to work out. You need to do these things. Um, but I wasn't like loving it. You know, it was just like, oh, I got to do deadlifts. Oh, I got to lift up this heavy thing. It was just, I don't know. The motivation wasn't there, but now it's fun. It's fun again. Um, on rest days, do you do any other activities? Um, right now, no, because I've been really, really busy. Um, but typically, like when things are slower, like I'll go for a walk with Murph, um, rollerblading with Quinn, we've been doing that, um, biking, hiking, um, golf balls. We'll do like some sort of activity, but I don't have anything planned. It's just more like, let's just try to do something as a family and be active. But right now, there are days I, I like look at my watch and I'm like, oh, I got 3,000 steps today. <laughs> Like I have not moved today. It's been a lot of desk time lately. I've been really busy. Um, all right. Uh, working out. Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Working out is my stress release um, and way to deal with anxiety. And I don't want to give it up. So same, same. <laughs> can relate to that. Um, but really it wasn't until like I went through therapy and really made some connections about, you know, exercise and like what it meant to me for me it was about achieving and doing more um and feeling good about myself because you know maybe i lacked a little bit of self-esteem or self-worth or whatever it was and if you think about it exercise really isn't 
a stress release. It's actually stressful on the body. Like if you were doing like restorative movement, like yoga or something like that, that could be stress relief. But like high intensity exercise, running and stuff like that, it's not really um, stress relief. So just to like let you let yourself know about that little little piece of info there. Um, but just really getting honest with yourself. Like, are you actually managing stress? Like, is life so stressful that like you need to run away from it? <laughs> <laughs> like literally run away from it. Sorry, that was a bad joke. But is this, I mean, is this how you were dealing with stress? And I mean, you know, exercise, like I said, it can be really great, but like, are you managing work stress? Are you managing your relationship stress? Are you managing financial stress? Because I think a lot of times we do turn to exercise as a way to deal with stress, but we're not dealing with the stressors in other parts of our lives. And that was me, 100%. I mean, I had so much going on, like, work-wise, like trauma-wise, UC-wise, like I had so much stress. So like the exercise piece kind of was an escape. And I've said this before, like I'll go to CrossFit for an hour and I will only think of CrossFit. You know what I mean? And like that is like my escape and like it is a good way to manage stress. And then I'm not poo-pooing exercise as stress relief. I like, I totally get that. But I would just look at like the bigger picture. Are you managing stress elsewhere? Because I do think like that's kind of our default. Um, and I remember, you know, going for like a long run or like, you know, just adding in another workout because I was so stressed. Um, but a lot of times, um, like with me and therapy and everything, like it was hard for me to sit still. And like I was even telling my therapist on our last call that when I first started working with her, like one of the challenges was to sit on the couch and do nothing. I could not physically do it. I couldn't fathom how to sit on the couch and like not be on my phone or listening to a podcast or folding laundry or whatever it was. Um, so really I think now like, being able to do less has been just really good for my health. So knowing that I don't have to work out all the time, knowing, um, you know, I don't have to push myself all the time, but I really do think like doing, 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 including exercise is just a way to avoid some of those emotions and avoid some of that stress. Um, and I do think like if you keep your body moving and busy, like you don't have to deal with all of that. And again, that was me for a lot of years. I mean, it was a mix of working all the time and exercising all the time. And I didn't deal with a lot of like the childhood stuff and the self-worth stuff. So again, like going back to Therapy, I think, is really, really important. And like, I get I get it. And like, sometimes that's what you need. And there's also um, a social component to exercise. I mean, that's literally why I do CrossFit and I don't work out in my basement. Like, I, we, have a, and we have a full gym in our basement. Mal just keeps buying things. Um, and I could work out at home and I do, you know, like once a week at this point. But I go to CrossFit to be with people and get out of my house and see people. And that's why I work in coffee shops because I don't like being home all day long. So I get that there is a... Uh, um, social connection, emotional piece there, and it could be stress relief, but really like looking at, you know, what's going on in your life and really trying to get in touch with that. Um, and of course, like if the exercise is making you feel worse or like, more exhausted or contributing to your symptoms, um, it's, it's not stress release. It's adding more stress. So again, just looking, looking at the big picture as far as what's going on. Um, and then just asking yourself, like, why do I need this workout? Like, what, what is it doing for you? And looking at, you know, the positives and negatives. 
Um, how do you know when you're overtraining? So I kind of went over this as far as symptoms and everything. Um, but yeah, the big ones, waking up at night, irritability, not losing weight, not building muscle. I think not building muscle is probably like the key one. See that a lot with clients. Um, but yeah, the symptoms I talked about and the, the biggest one, but you know, just being honest with yourself and really like looking at what you're doing. Um, what do you consider cardio? Um, so yeah, this hard question to answer. I really think it's like anything that gets your heart rate up. Um, that 180 minus your age has been really helpful to me. Um, just kind of like keeping my heart rate, not super duper high, like elevating it, getting a workout, you know, heart health, all that. Um, but not, um, going balls to the wall and like redlining. So could be like a good guide, but, um, yeah, anything that gets your heart rate up and really like where I think the cardio gets stressful is if you're going over maybe like that 20 to 30 minute mark i think that's or 40 or an hour i think that's where it gets like really stressful on the body but it depends on the person you know depends on your recovery time depends on how much you're eating it depends on like the other stresses in your life you know there's people that run marathons for like a living and you know their training and their lives are very different than our lives where we're working full time, we have kids to take care of. I mean, maybe they have kids to take care of too, but I'm just saying their life is literally running marathons, eating and recovering and like all that stuff. So just like looking, um, again, going back to like the big picture and just seeing like, are you doing the things that you need to do to recover? And I'm not not poo-pooing, you know, if you have a, a goal to run a marathon or something like that, but you know, that's a short period of time, get the marathon done, do your best for recovery, and then, you know, take a break after that marathon. Like let your body recover. Um, how do you overcome the want to do cardio? Um, so honestly, for me, um, I didn't have a choice. Like I just felt so bad. I didn't want to do it anymore. Like I had no energy, no motivation. Um, but I just I let my body get to that point. Like I didn't want to do it anymore. So I don't know. If you feel fine and you don't have symptoms, then like go for it. But I just think there's a lot of us that fall in this boat where we're you know, dealing with hormonal symptoms or blood sugar issues. And like, we just ignore all the symptoms or like multiple injuries or nagging injuries that never get better. I mean, back in my marathon days, I knew so many people that had like hip issues, knee issues, like just nagging injuries that never went away. And it's just like, I just don't think you give your body a break. So um, again, like I don't, I'm, I'm not doing this to like scare anybody. Like I want you to work out and enjoy what you're doing for fitness. But if any of these symptoms resonate with you and you just feel like you're not getting the results you want, it's just time to do something different and look at things differently. Um, and all I know is I'm doing way less and I feel 8,000 times better. So um, just sharing my story. And like I said, took a while to get here. It's been years. It's been like two plus years, but I think it's all worth it. And I do so much less exercise now and it just feels so, so much better. All right, guys, that's all I had for questions. It's a long one today, but I hope you found it helpful. Um, and yeah, just overtraining, like it's, it's easy. It's easy to fall in that trap, especially if you're somebody that loves fitness. And I, I a hundred percent get it. Um, I can empathize with anybody that's out there that's like, I don't want to do less. I'm afraid of gaining weight. I'm afraid of losing my progress. Um, but I'm just going to go back to say it again. If you're doing the same things over and over again, and you're not getting the results you want, it's time to do something different or look at it different. And obviously I'm going to give a plug to sweat made simple because those workouts are 
20 minutes or less. Um, they are not easy. They are still a challenge that so you're going to be, you know, pushing yourself, um, having a good workout. I mean, obviously if you're really struggling, you don't have to push yourself. I mean, I did a workout the other day, just body weight, um, because I was like, eh, I don't feel like doing dumbbells today. Um, so I mean, even the workouts within, you can do them body weight at any time or add weight, but I just think they're a good way for anybody who is struggling with overtraining or suspecting that they're overtraining, um, to just, dial it back a little bit like you're still working out four days a week i mean that might even be much too much for people um, but if you're going from you know hour-long workouts six days a week to 20 minute workouts four days a week i mean that could just be the right amount of rest and recovery for you to start to feel better and see results but i hear it all the time from women i mean there's people i follow on instagram too that say the exact same thing like doing less they saw better changes in their body composition and their health um, so check it out. Um, like I said, this is how I work out. I mean, I know I might cross it for an hour, but I mean, I would say the actual amount of time that I'm actually working hard is probably 20 minutes or less. The rest of it's like social hour and stretching and I don't even know what we do half the time. We're just having a good time. Um, and that's why I like being there. That's why it's good for my soul. Um, but anyways, check it out. Um, it's on sale through the 11th. Um, so grab it um, at a discounted price. Um, and yeah, I just, I very much believe um, less is more and can really help get you to a good place if you've been struggling. All right guys, done rambling. That was a long one. Uh, and I hope you have a good day.